0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages, Amen. You know, every time I would read this gospel or hear this gospel, um, uh, for the longest time, I would always be a l- to say I'd be a little offended. You know, so imagine, imagine this: Jesus is in somebody's house, and it's packed to the rafters. There's people everywhere. There's people sitting to his left, to his right, in front of him, behind him. There's people sitting outside the door. There's people standing outside the windows and they're trying to listen in through the w- There's just people everywhere. And so they go and they whisper to Jesus and they tell him, "Your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they're waiting for you." Right? And he says, he looks around to the people who are listening. The people who are so keen to listen, like the house was jam packed. So the people who were in there weren't comfortable. The people who were in there, you know, they, they were hot and they were sweaty and there were people all around them. And if they didn't really want to be there, I bet you they would have ducked out a long time ago, but they were there. So he says, he looks around and he looks around to the people who are listening. And he says, who is my mother and who are my brothers? He who does the will of my Father in heaven is my father, uh, is my brother, sorry, and my sister and my mother. And you know, like sometimes when I want to make someone feel at home um, and I, I want them to know how dear they are to me, I'll put my hand on their shoulder and I'll go, you're like family, right? And that's a really big deal to say to somebody, you're like family, because your family are irreplaceable you always have new friends you always get you may have a new roommate an old roommate you know people you went to, to school with people you went to university with these people will come and go and if you decide to do an, an, another degree later in life you'll have new people that you went to school with but your family is your family and that's all you're getting you know you only get one dad one mom you know and siblings however many you were gifted with or or, or cursed with I don't know how you feel about it right that's what you you get right and that's all you get right and that's it that's so when you say to somebody you're like family it's almost like you're saying to them like there is this kind of priceless commodity or this is this kind of like this this exclusive group that is impossible for anyone to enter and you know what I just found a way you're just like everybody else in that group to me you are just like my my brother my sister you're just like my mother and when he says you're just like my mother Man, like, my mom carried me around for nine months. Then she woke up all night, every night to feed me multiple times in the night and change me and this and that. Man, my mom suffered. My mom quit her university education and did not complete it because she wanted to make sure that she would be there for me. My mom's done a lot. It would be really hard for me to look at anybody and say, you're just like my mom. That might just about be the greatest compliment I think I could give anyone. But here, forgive me not to criticize Christ, it almost feels like he just kind of dishes it out, willy-nilly a little bit. It feels like he just kind of just tosses it out there, You know, those who do the will of my Father in heaven are like my brother and my sister and my mother. And, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't sound right to me. And it didn't for the longest time. I read something really beautiful by St. Cyril about this. And St. Cyril is saying Jesus has no interest at all in making his mother any less than she is. In fact, it's probably not possible to do that in the first place. In fact, in many other places, he praises his mother and God himself is the one who says, honor your father and your mother and your, your, your um, life will be long on the earth. And later on in scripture, after Jesus, St. Paul says, honor your father and mother in the Lord for this is good and pleasing to God. And so it's very clear that it's in, in no ways does God have any desire to lessen his mother. So if, if, if God is not l- lessening St. Mary, then what's he doing to all of those who do the will of his Father in heaven? He's elevating them, right? And this is what St. Cyril says. He says his object then, he's saying, explaining, his objective then is h- highly to exalt his love towards those who are willing to bow their neck to his commands. Like St. Cyril is telling us that when Jesus was saying that, His will was to highly exalt those who are willing to surrender, to submit to God and do what God wants them to do. I just had this long conversation with somebody yesterday about whether we should surrender to God and ignore our, our, our desires and our needs and our this and our that, or... Um, should we like pray about our needs and our desires and stuff all the time? And it's, I wouldn't, if I were you, and uh, what I try to do, I try not to swing the pendulum one way or the other. I don't think repressing our needs and our desires is healthy. I think it's healthy to make our no- requests and our supplications and make, no- make them known to God by prayer and supplication, right? So that means. By prayer and asking for stuff, tell God about the stuff that you're concerned about, that you're worried about, or that you want, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But I guarantee you, you will not find peace if your prayer never leaves me and goes and shifts the focus to him a lot of people say father I was really worried about this you know you told me to pray I went and prayed and I felt nothing I'm still just as worried as I was before Like, well what did you pray about well I prayed about this and about why I'm so worried about it and why I'm so concerned about it and, and so on and so on and so on I'm like okay but if we don't shift our focus away from our worries to heaven if we don't if we don't kind of allow ourselves to come out of our shoes and enter into heaven well, it's no wonder we're going to leave our prayer just as, just as you know, confounded with, with the stuff going on in our world. So, St. So Cyril here wants, he's saying Jesus wants to lift us up to, to heaven and have the same glory as his mother. And he continues, he says, "...the greatest honors and the most complete affection is that which we all owe to our, to our brethren and our mothers." Like the greatest honor that we bestow on somebody is to our, to, our, to our moms or to our dads or to our siblings, right? And that's just normal. If therefore he says that they who hear his word and do it are his mother and brethren, is it not plain to everyone that he bestows on those who follow him a love, thorough and worthy of their acceptance? That's what Jesus is trying to do. And if you think about it, what made St. Mary the mother of God. The angel comes and tells her, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you're going to have a son and his name will be Jesus and he will be the savior of the world. She didn't kick up a fuss. Like, God only knows what her dreams were for her life. But now she just got something, a life, handed on a platter to her. And then when she goes for Jesus' circumcision, there's this lady in the temple, her name is Anna the prophetess. And she says to St. Mary, and a sword will pierce your heart also. Or maybe it was Simon, maybe it was, maybe it was Simeon the elder, I can't remember. It says a sword will pierce your heart also. Tells, tells her, you know what? It's gonna be really painful being the mother. Of the Son of God she just has this handed on a platter to her what's her response to all of this behold the maidservant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word you see Jesus wasn't elevating he wasn't elevating the obedient to be considered as honored as his mother because they were different like they're apples and oranges no he's telling us if you do what she did you will be as glorified as she is plain and simple you know what's crazy you know what's absolutely nuts is god is so incredibly impartial god is so impartial like If we we are obedient and surrender, most certainly, without a shadow of a doubt, reward follows, says Saint Cyril. It's like, let me tell you a story. There's this monk uh, who was uh, one of the more learned monks in this little monastery. And. This monastery happened to have tons of ancient manuscripts that had not been translated. So the abbot of the monastery called this monk and asked him what, what's your job currently? He said, "Oh, like I tend whatever, the cucumber garden or something." So he says, he says to him, "Okay, we want you now to go and translate these ancient manuscripts from these ancient languages." He says, but I don't know any of these ancient languages. They're like, yeah, I know, but that's why. Like, you're probably the only person in the monastery who would have the capacity to be able to learn these ancient languages and translate these manuscripts. And the face of the monk became very sad. And the monk, the, the, the abbot, the elder monk, you know, who manages the monastery, says to him, why are you sad? He says, well, you see, when I, when I was like tending the cucumber garden or whatever manual labor task he had, I could spend my whole day in prayer because my, my tasks were very repetitive from day to day and they didn't requ- require a lot of brain power. So I could use all of my mind and my heart to be in prayer all day. And it took me years to, 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 to achieve ceaseless prayer. And now I'm worried I'm going to lose it. And the abbot told him, you most certainly will. And, and like, so there, there was this awkward silence and because he like, isn't ceaseless prayer, isn't that what like, the, object, the objective of like, a monk's journey is, and so on? And so, the monk kind of bows his head and says to him, Okay, Father, like I'll do it. You know? And he's walking out of the, the, the abbot's cell, and the abbot says to him, "Know one thing for certain, that God will only judge once either he will judge you for the merits of your actions or he will judge you for the intensity of your obedience and judge me for the merits of the decision that you have chosen to obey. You choose. I remember reading that story in Paradise of the Fathers when I was, Paradise of the Desert Fathers when I was in my teen years and I remember thinking this, you know what? All I want to do for the rest of my life is be perfectly obedient. All I want to do for the rest of my life is be perfectly obedient. It's like the, it's like the ticket out of any having any responsibility for the actions that I, the merits of the actions that I'm being obedient, uh, orders I'm being uh, obedient to, for the rest of my life. I'm not looking to absolve myself of responsibility. I'm looking to find peace for my soul. And I'm not, saying this, uh, I'm not saying this like, you know, like if some new world order is like, you know, whatever, persecuting people or whatever, we should just be obedient to the world order. No, within the scope of the gospel. Like, like it says, like St. Paul says about uh, children's obedience to their parents, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is good and right and pleasing to God, right? So within, within the very large and wide confines of, of the gospel, you'll find that all of today's readings were speaking about that, and I had to introduce them at the beginning, speaking about one of my favorite verses. It's from Romans 16, which we read a little earlier today, which was saying that God will crush Satan under your feet speedily. It's one of my favorite promises it's one, of my, it's one of my favorite promises and I just want to look up the part before it for you. St. Paul is saying, for your obedience has been known to all and just in the next breath, he says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet speedily. He's, he's, this is his conclusion to the letter to the Romans. He says to them, avoid, avoid divisions and avoid people who just make you know, rumors and gossips and fight, make people fight and make divisions between people. Avoid them, you know, who cause divisions and offenses. Avoid them. And you know what? I believe in you. Because your obedience has been made known to all. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet speedily. Look, look at the beauty of the promises and the reward and the glory and the honor that is bestowed upon the obedient. I promise you from all my heart. I can't speak for you. I can't speak for you, okay? But I can speak for me. I'm telling you, the only thing I wish from all my heart is that I could be completely obedient from this day forward and for the rest of my life. Glory be to God forever and ever. And I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.